0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes with DailyStraits.com. This is your host, June Rumley. Our guest today is Auckland-based Richard Conway, who is an entrepreneur, mentor and investor for a range of high-tech businesses. Having founded Pure SEO in 2009 as an ethical SEO specialist search agency tailored towards SMEs, it is now one of the fastest-growing independent digital searches engines in New Zealand. Pure SEO started with $200, and 13 years later, it has since been named as Deloitte's Asia-Pacific's fastest-growing 500 tech companies. Richard has grown the company to three pure SEO offices across New Zealand, Australia, and the Philippines. In 2012, wanting to connect with like-minded business owners and entrepreneurs, Richard joined the Accelerator program through Entrepreneurs' Organization NZ. Through this organization, Richard had the opportunity to, and to join other track professionals for a weekend with Richard Branson. On Nectar Island in 2014, Richard sold a share of Pure SEO to Ian Malcolm and Tony Falconstein according business, affording business growth. So, without further ado, let's invite Richard to the show and ask him all things about his business. So, hi, Richard.
1: Hey, hi, June. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. That's quite oh. an intro.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did quite a bit of things. <laughs> in your business uh, yeah, business journey to date. So awesome. So let's dive right into your uh, to the question. So what were you doing before you started Pure SEO in 2009?
1: So I'm British. My wife is British. And um, I ran a company for someone else called Search Office Space, which is an online service office brokerage. Um, and we've been traveling um, a number of years, sort of 15, 20 years earlier, uh, and we'd fallen in love with New Zealand. And we got to 30, we thought if we don't go to New Zealand, because that's where we wanted to have kids, uh, we'll never do it. So we both walked away from our jobs. She was a social worker and um, moved to New Zealand with knowing nobody in the country and um, yeah, having having no job. And then when I came to New Zealand, it was like, um, have you got Kiwi experience for all the jobs you applied? And obviously, I hadn't got Kiwi experience because just arrived. Um, so it was really hard finding a job, uh, which was quite interesting. Having come from, I ran a company for someone else, reasonably successfully in the UK. So, yeah, it was interesting.
0: Awesome. So, um, so what did you, so why SEO? Like in those days, right, two thousand and nine. Sorry, I, I mean it was quite a long time ago. So, but why SEO? And is it because New Zealand didn't have anyone uh, that specialised in it?
1: So, when when I realised that no one wanted to give me a job. I thought I wanted to start my own thing. I've always been quite entrepreneurial and run businesses for other people, and there are a number of different things that I looked at. Uh, One was in property management because I've got background in commercial property, Um, but the reason I settled on SEO was because the last company I was uh, managing/slash running, we had a million pounds a year Google AdWords budget, and so I got to understand the industry reasonably well. And I looked at what people were doing in New Zealand and there were two companies doing well. And I looked at what the, both these companies were doing and they were taking massive shortcuts. They were doing things which you never get away with in the UK. And I could tell that their methodology was not um, sustainable and then their clients would lose all their rankings. And so I thought there's got to be a gap for um, an ethical, they call it white hat search agency in New Zealand. Uh, but it wasn't easy because i didn't know anyone like i said and i'm i'm kind of an introvert so yeah it was quite challenging
0: so do you remember who your first client was and how much was the contract for
1: <laughs> so I, I absolutely remember my first client and everything so so i'm i'm quite um uh, the entrepreneurial side is is what i love and when i started the business i decided um i had no idea what to charge so i decided 50 dollars an hour 4 hours a month um So that'd be 200 bucks, get 50 clients, $120,000 a year, employ someone at 60, keep 60, rinse and repeat. So that, because it's all recurring revenue, it's all contracted. Um, So my first client was uh, $50 an hour, four hours um, a month. And it was a company called Creative Embroidery who I frowned through someone else I met. And I think in those early days, you will go above and beyond for your customers. You know, it's almost like you'd give them a massage on the way out because you just... All you want to do is 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 prove yourself and and show that they putting their faith in you uh, will be a return now obviously we're much more an hour now and we often need much longer but the business model is exactly the same as it was day one it's all recurring revenue we're sitting at 81 percent of our net revenue being recurring and that's that means monthly contracted revenue and so that's how we're able to grow the business and keep growing the business um, but yeah it was It was interesting in the early days
0: Guy, was he a word of mouth to a friend or what
1: yeah i met this web developer who i got on with and the web developers client was looking for an seo person and they introduced me we got on and and that was my first client uh we did really well for them we got them to number one for embroidery embroidery all these terms and so um you know that stuff spirals because you do well for someone and they like you and then they tell someone else and And in the early days, your website's not going to be high on Google because it takes time to get a website high on Google. Um, So the beginning was hard. because, Like I say, I knew nobody in New Zealand and my wife knew nobody. And so it was a case of getting out and just meeting people and talking to people and doing stuff that I was really uncomfortable doing. I came up with some tactics to try and uh, get over my fear of talking to people.
0: So how are you guys surviving with savings that you sold everything from the UK, <laughs> like the house and the car?
1: So, so what happened um, was I we brought over £25,000 from from the UK um, and I thought I was being smart. I was taking the money backwards and forwards and making a little bit of money on the ex- exchange rate. Unfortunately, I wasn't actually that smart and I put the money in the UK and the pound kept getting weaker and weaker. And so our money was stuck there. Uh, so I didn't really have any budget. I started with $200, um, which I used somebody to build me a single web page and I cobbled together the rest It it like a child had done it. Um, my wife was working as a social worker on around 60K a year mm-hmm. um, and she was comfortable to support us mm-hmm. uh, during that early time. But everything was, you know, I had my laptop. But it was hard at the beginning, like really hard because I didn't have any budget, didn't have any money. I just had to go and meet people and uh, hope they would buy me a coffee <laughs> while I sell to them. Um, but it worked out. And I think. People buy from people, you know, and if you meet and you show you're honest and you show you're going to do what you say you're going to do, you phone people back and um, then things slowly start to happen and everything in life and in business is accretive. So little steps make big things. And um, I follow the Japanese philosophy of Kaizen. So continual improvement, continual little steps will make big things.
0: Awesome. So how many jobs did you apply for before you said, okay, I'll doing, I'm doing SEO, pure SEO instead. Oh, a <laughs> fair few,
1: a fair few. Um, so I could get jobs which were really sort of entry level, but I'd been a, a managing director of a company in England, which was quite a complex company. And I thought, you know, come to New Zealand, I'll be able to get a job, but yeah, it, I was only being offered entry level, nothing that um, really excited me and, and just would have been a stepping stone. So I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and there's very few stages in your life where you don't have the same risks. So. We were renting a apartment in New Zealand which wasn't massively expensive we had no children we didn't have a mortgage and so there wasn't necessarily the same risks that that someone 10 years older uh, might have or someone who's got a child and so while it was a risk the risk was mitigated by factors that we didn't have massive outgoings my wife isn't particularly high maintenance you know she doesn't need the latest things and um and so it was but it was tough.
0: Awesome, all right. So let's talk about pure SEO. So after you got your first client and you started getting momentum, right? Mm. Uh, exactly what do clients sign you up for and what are your price? Uh, I mean, it's pretty much like, how did they, were there any competitors in the in the beginning?
1: Yeah, so there's, there's loads of competitors and there were quite a few in the beginning. Our differentiator was the uh, doing it the right way and it takes longer to do it the right way but ultimately, if you've got a sustainable business, that's the only way to do it. So um, what we offer nowadays is we offer search engine optimization that's getting you higher on Google. We offer Google Ads, and we'd probably be the largest independent in New Zealand for Google Ads. Um, we offer conversion rate optimization, so split testing to help people convert on a website, we offer data analytics, we offer something called programmatic advertising, which is display adverts on third-party websites. Um, An average spend for an SEO client might be $2,000 a month, something like that, Um, but they would commit for 12 months because SEO takes really minimum 12 months if you're in a even reasonably competitive industry.
0: Awesome. What is, in layman terms, what is SEO and why should every website owner give importance to it?
1: Cool. Well, I'll, I'll give you an analogy I like to give. So imagine you've organized an event. You've booked the room, paid for the catering, and on the day of the event, everything looks amazing. Eight o'clock, when the guests are supposed to show up, nobody rocks up. Nine o'clock, still no one's shown up. And then it dawns on you. You've forgotten to send out the invitations. Having a website without SEO, is like having an event without invitations. The SEO is the invite to the website. And if you think about it, if you put a website up and all of a sudden it was top on Google, the results would be changing all the time and it wouldn't be a good user experience. And so SEO is a slow process of telling, of getting the website higher, building authority. Um, And it's critical now, I mean, I gave a talk at the Rotary Club everybody in there is in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, so real old school. And I said, put your hand up if you use Google in the last 24 hours. Every person in that room put their hand up. You know, and that's quite a profound thing when, you know, your 70-year-old, 80-year-olds, your 90-year-olds are even using the same technology and doing the same things. And um, so nowadays, search is ubiquitous with things we do every single day. It's just, yeah, everyone knows to Google,
0: okay so there are many things are uh, facets to seo like you just mentioned just now so as a starting point right what do companies look should look into first um especially if they don't have the budget to hire a professional company to look after all things seo for them
1: cool so there's lots of things um i think the first thing to point out with seo is a lot of it is just good marketing right and so first thing i would do if it was my business is i'd look at the keywords and there's tools like google keyword planner where you can find out what keywords people are searching for then you identify those keywords and then what you do is there's something called metadata there's a meta title tag which appears on the top of your your browser and um, in most plugins it will have a space to put that in it should be unique for every page it's given weight left to right. And it's arguably the most valuable real estate on your page from an SEO perspective. The next thing is Google loves content, but not just any content because everyone's putting out content. Think about how will your content be valuable to your customers? You always gotta be giving value. And it's, it's about a value exchange. If someone came to you, would they get what they're looking for? Would they feel that's valuable? Then the next thing is with SEO and with Google, a link from another website pointing to yours is like a vote for your website. So for example, if you've got a yellow listing and it's got your web address on it, that's like yellow voting for you. Now, these things tell Google how popular your site is. So what I would suggest is start to make yourself an industry expert, do interviews with other people, do podcasts, write articles for other people's websites in your industry. You know, share information and and be generous with your information on third party sites. And then apart from the fact that it's going to be really good for SEO, it's also going to be really good for your business because people are going to see you on more platforms and more places. And so, all that stuff is really good for SEO. And don't just think of text content, because if you're not good at writing and you say, oh, I can't write something, do a video and have the video on your website. Everybody can talk. And think about what questions people might want answered. So if you're a plumber, it might be how to uh, fix a U-bend or something. You could do a video showing how you do it. And that gives value to people. And so more and more of that stuff, it takes time. It's not going to be overnight. But the more you do, the more value it gives, slowly, 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 you'll start to see that benefit.
0: Awesome. So should they read your book? Because you wrote a book, right, in 2019 to give out Advice for people who can't afford the
1: service? Yeah, so that was commissioned by Penguin Random House. Um, what um, they wanted me to do is they wanted a book for small and medium businesses. It was it's predominantly got case studies in Australia and New Zealand, but that was written in layman's terms. So a business owner could DIY their SEO and, and go bit by bit by bit by bit. And it's got all the tools and all the uh, different elements to succeed. And the reason I did that is because not every company can afford us. And you know, when you are a one man bad, you've got to do things yourself. And it was really concerning that there's so many sharks in the industry and um, you know, my own business, we do a lot of education. So we teach for the University of Auckland, for Unitech, for various other other places. And so this was an extension of that. Uh, Get things out into people's hands that will help them do it and then, when they get big enough, they want to work with us because um, you know we've helped them get to that stage. Plus, it will stop. You know, the ramifications of getting it wrong and doing it wrong can be huge.
0: awesome is there an update on that book? Because SEO changes every every day, right?
1: Yeah. So, so the book is how to get to the top of Google search by Richard Conway, by myself. There hasn't been an update, but it, the fundamentals of SEO are the same as they've always been. There are little things changing but ultimately it's about good content. It's about telling the search engines what pages are about, so the keyword research, and it's about online popularity. Why, why should Google show this above anything else? There are changes. I mean, there was um, recently something called Core Web Vitals, which relates to loading speed and how things look on a page if they shift about, but they're the small things. You know, If you do these big things and you're going in a not competitive industry, you're going to beat them anyway.
0: Awesome. So um, do news journalists, right, like who write breaking news, political news, like business news, like do they, should they give uh, importance on SEOs, like SEO?
1: Oh, they 100% should give importance on SEO. Whether they do or not, I don't know. I mean, I was actually approached by an academic um, from the University of Auckland on her um dictatorial thesis around this and i helped her create a um article blueprint for academic for academics how they could optimize their headings and on their uh, research so they could be found within google so 100 percent. some journalists are really onto this stuff um others uh, not so much but the beauty of a of a journalist uh, the you know top tier newspaper, say the times or you know, Sydney Morning Herald, a lot of their content will rank by virtue of it's such a high authority site anyway. Uh, So if they do do a little bit of thought about which keywords, um, they'll get a lot of value from that.
0: Awesome. So, okay, these days website owners get a lot of cool email pictures from so-called SEO companies. Most of the time, these email often end up on spam boxes, but there are one or two companies that come, come straight into our inboxes so how do uh, we check to see if the company is legit and would carry out the job as promised
1: cool so if it looks like spam it probably is Um, so anyone that's sort of um, spamming you is probably not legit but the the way to do it is we talked about that meta title tag go to the website and have a look at what their meta title tag is if they've got the word home in it or if they've got their brand in the in the first name or they've not got anything in there, you know they've got no idea what they're talking about. Um, but invariably, if you get those cold emails, they're absolute. <laughs> yes. But any anything that's automated and mass is gonna cause problems because if you think about it, Google have got all these PhDs and, and they're all all they're working out is how to stop spam, right? And then you've got these guys spamming emails all over. Their techniques are gonna be spammy if that's what they're doing. And those spammy techniques create patterns, and patterns are picked up by the algorithm. And so the ramifications could be huge of going with a company that does that sort of behavior. And in the short run, it might look great. You might sort of jump up and rank really well, but then all of a sudden you will lose your ranking and it'll be impossible to get it back.
0: Awesome. So what are some of the best places where someone can learn SEO for free? first but if it's paid who are some of the top guys that you personally
1: recommend cool so um, obviously my book is about 30 bucks i think and you could get it from any major bookshop online um the other people this is a there's a guy called brian dean online who's really good and runs some good courses uh, there's a guy called neil patel online who, who does some good stuff then there's websites like search engine land search engine watch um, Moz, um, so there's, there's various websites and uh, they're all good. Those ones. I mean, people like Brian Dean and Neil Patel have got all these guides as well, which are really good um, and very comprehensive. There's also our blog. If you go to pureseo.com forward slash blog, we've got all these guides that people can just download. How to do keyword research, or you know, all these guides which are free, um, just to download
0: awesome so some of the companies that i have been familiar in the past when it comes to seo is yoast which is under wordpress and samrush samrush i think they're based in queensland um are these companies considered pure seo's competitors
1: no so these are software platforms so yoast is within wordpress and it allows you to put what i talked about the metadata within it and then it gives you a yellow green or red it's it's just a piece of software as is SEMrush, and a lot of SEO people use SEMrush, but in itself, it's just a piece of software. So there is no way to automate your SEO entirely. And and the reason being is like we talked about earlier, if anything is automated, totally, it's gonna create a pattern. And Google's algorithm is built to detect patterns, and it doesn't want any companies to game the system. And so if something's automated, it's never gonna be the final solution, it might be, automation of a certain element, and then that's fine. And you can use that within um, your gamut of tools. Uh, so SEMrush could be something in the, in the toolbox, uh, Yoast in the toolbox, is, um, Screaming Frog. There's all sorts of things, um, but they're just tools. They're not going to actually do the SEO for you.
0: So what do you do, actually? Do you have a staff? Like if someone signs up with POSEO for a monthly retainer, so you, do you get a staff to work with them on a, on a daily basis or how does the service work
1: yes yeah, so, so we have an office in Auckland we have an office in Melbourne we have an office in Manila we have an office in Sri Lanka so we've got about 100 staff uh, at pure SEO um, if a com- if a customer comes on they sign with us depending mm-hmm. on what service they sign will depend on the path that they go on but ultimately they have an account manager and then mm-hmm. we have technical people as well and so the technical people do the work and the account manager manages the relationship Then we use something called Google Data Studio um, Mm -hmm. to do reporting and show um, how the client is going. So we've created custom reports in Data Studio for our clients. And every month they get that. They get some information about what's going on in the world of search. And they get to meet their account manager, who will talk them through what we've done, what the plan is, and and find out if there's any changes from them.
0: Okay, that's cool. So let's talk about Necker Island. When you went there, I think it's (laughs) 2012, right?
1: Yeah, that was fun.
0: So, okay, he's a very maverick billionaire. He's pretty fun. And I was just wondering, um, are these kind of like invites, a paid one, or you get like a genuine invitation from the billionaire? itself?
1: So what happened is I'm a member of something called Entrepreneurs' Organization, which is a big group of entrepreneurs around the world. And the opportunity came up through that. And then I think one or two people per country put their uh, desire to be in and then he or someone and his team selects who comes and there was 25 of us from around the world. Um uh, it cost it cost me a bit of money to get there and stuff and a little bit for the accommodation, but not what you would pay if um you are going there as a tourist. But he was with us every day. We were actually there for a week and he was with us, you know, having lunch with us, having breakfast with us, just throwing just having a laugh with us, just you know, took us out to Charles Mosquito Island, which is um, owned by um, one of the Google guys, and just yeah, just just spent time with us. You know, played chess, and we did this um, costume roulette and all these all these fun things. And yeah, it was interesting. But funnily enough, from a business um, improvement perspective, I actually learned more from the other entrepreneurs that were there. There were some amazing entrepreneurs. One guy built a two billion dollar um, saAS company there was a um, there was a, a lady who was one of the dragons from dragon's den island there was There was all sorts of really cool entrepreneurs and because there's only twenty five of you on the island and Branson, uh, there's no barriers because you know, you're just sort of for want of a better term shooting the shit with these people um, and so it's brilliant It was an amazing experience. I think it was five nights, so it was about 26 hours flights and journey to get there from New Zealand for five nights, uh, which was a bit of a pain, um, but worth it. And um, I don't know if I've got a picture of myself with him when we played costume roulette and I'm dressed as Mr. Staypuff from Ghostbusters and, and he's where Where's Wally? And that was a massive page in the New Zealand Herald when I came back and um, that more than paid for the flights. <laughs> in terms of um yeah pr value so yeah it was good
0: so who did you pay the money to the organization or to the billionaire itself i'm just curious
1: so i paid for the flights directly to the uh, flights and the accommodation was for it was presumably his accommodation thing but it was heavily discounted um mm. for us
0: Awesome. So what about the valuable takeaway? You did just say that you had a valuable, you know, you learned a lot from the entrepreneurs, but what about from him? What did you learn from him?
1: So he's, um, well, well it's, he's an interesting individual. So you think about him, he's a multi-billionaire and he's invited 25 entrepreneurs. He doesn't really know from around the world and he spends time with them. And You can see in his mind, you know, that's quite an unusual thing to do to start with. But you can see that people is his thing. And from those conversations, it sparks ideas. And, um, and I think surrounding yourself with very successful and interesting people is a good way of getting new ideas and being reinvigorated and and seeing things differently. Um, And so I think that's probably part of it and i believe personally you know you you surround yourself with good people and and that kind of raises your own level yourself you are kind of the sum of the people you surround yourself with um but there was so much i mean there was so much of culture and just yeah it was pretty amazing
0: so 10 years on right it's been 10 Mm. years yeah did you keep in touch with them what they have they turned out to be lifelong friends some of them so
1: some of the people i met absolutely um I've been invited back to NECA a couple of times but I haven't gone it was kind of a for me once in a lifetime thing uh, there's other places other people to meet other cool things to do um, I'd quite like to to meet Elon Musk he's an interesting individual um, but yeah I've kept kept in touch with quite a few of the people and they're real good people
0: awesome all right that is all the time that we have for today We have just been speaking to Richard Conway, the founder of Pure SEO. Thank you, Richard, for joining us today.
1: Hey, June. Thank you very much for having me and enjoy the weekend.
0: Awesome. Thank you. The pleasure is all ours to be sure to join us the next time as we aim to interview another interesting entrepreneur from across the Tasman. Thank you.